Welcome to the RX podcast. This episode will provide insights into the current cyber risk management landscape. We'll discuss the challenges facing risk managers in 2021 and how the operational risk industry is coming together to overcome those challenges. Plus, we'll have information on a new service that ORX are providing with regard to cyber and we'll explain how your organisation can get involved. Steve and Melanie are here from ORX. Hi, so uh, my name's Steve Bishop uh, and I head up uh, risk information at ORX, which includes the focus that we have on cyber at the moment. Hi, I'm Melanie LaFallin and I'm leading the new cyber service. Been with ORX just over two years and my main focus since joining has been getting this new service up and running. Before we discuss ORX Cyber, what does the current cyber risk management landscape look like? I think it's fair to say that the current cyber risk management landscape is complex. I think at the moment we see that being driven by by two factors. You have this sort of external threat that evolves at a rapid pace. So organisations are constantly playing catch up with the multiple actors that are involved, that being individuals, nation states, organised groups of criminals. Um, And I think we also see just a constant ongoing increase in the sophistication of these attacks. I think it's fair to say that that's been heightened during the pandemic as well, particularly phishing attacks and other related attacks. The, The other factor that I think we really see contributing to the complexity is that financial services as an industry is undergoing a really large scale and rapid change at the moment, and I think for the foreseeable future too. We're seeing a move to sort of highly digitalized operating environments. So organizations are developing new new products, uh, new platforms to launch them on and are launching them through new channels. But that also leaves the danger of sort of control gaps emerging as often the focus is the need to meet customer and client demands that can create sort of wider control gaps within their infrastructure, legacy environments, etc. So that's a really sort of demanding area at the moment. I'll come back to the pandemic as well. This has really changed financial services as it has done most walks of life at the moment. We're seeing organisations having to put in new processes um, to suit remote working, new controls. And on top of that, that also accelerates the urgency of the move to digitalisation. If if people can't come to branches, etc., they need to be able to operate more and more on a, on a digital platform to, to meet the demand of their, their customers and clients. I, I think we can say overall that this complexity is really increasing the interconnectivity of, of all of the, the sort of cyber and related operational risks that an organisation faces too. And the risks need f- far more analysis and understanding these days to really get a, a grip on how you need to tackle and mitigate those risks. We did a piece of work uh, in the second half of last year, um, the ORX Cyber Risk Review, where we we liaised and, and sort of conducted some research with cyber senior professionals across the industry, and they very much sort of corroborated that that view and those drivers of uh, of change. Thanks, Steve. And what are the challenges that risk managers face currently? So they've got that complex environment that's clearly significant. They're also layering on top of that that they need to continually evolve the way that they're looking at cyber risk management, their practices, constantly working to gain a better understanding of, of this risk landscape, trying to identify and use internal and external data to support their work. 
uh, and really trying to gain a clearer overview of their own risk exposure so that they can take the right actions and, and invest in the right controls and that, that sort of work to, to really get into the right things to do to mitigate this risk really requires that clear understanding of their risk exposure. And I think that's really important. The, the sort of final point I'd, I'd add in there is that organisations' boards are under constant pressure from, from regulators and other external stakeholders to, to demonstrate that they have a good understanding of this, this quite public risk. I think everybody is aware of this sort of cyber threat level. So there's a need for boards to really understand this exposure, to be able to explain it, explain what actions they're taking. And, and that pressure really transfers to the cyber risk managers. It's their job to be able to make sure their boards have the information and the understanding that they need to be able to, to demonstrate that clarity to those external stakeholders. Now, you guys mentioned that you've been working on cyber risk since 2019. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work you've done so far? So, as Steve says, we've been working on this for quite a while now, um, starting back in early 2019. We began initial discussions with a few of our members, really just to better understand some of the, the detail around the challenges that they face. So some of those challenges were around first line practitioners having a lot of support generally, whereas the second line risk specialist community that we were working with felt that there was a real lack of opportunity to collaborate with their peers. So there was a genuine desire to develop that community aiming at innovating and developing cyber risk management practices. Additionally, the members told us that they faced a number of other obstacles which really hindered their ability to manage the risk, such as the lack of easily available relevant data. So whilst there is this good stuff in the news, what they're not seeing is the granular detail of what actually took place when a cyber event happened. They also said that there was a lack of consistency and clarity in risk management practices, which combined with multiple regulatory frameworks, uh, regulatory reporting and industry standards. There was very little clarity over direction and no opportunity to benchmark data or practices with their peers. So these were some of the key challenges that the members called out. Uh, that they were very keen for ORX to support them moving forward. And how has ORX approached the challenges that members highlighted? So the community were keen to look at ways that we could provide insights and information that they could use to improve their measurement and management of the cyber risk. Over the last 18 months, we've delivered a number of initiatives. So I'll just run through some of those deliverables. The first piece of work we completed was on definitions. So not surprisingly, everybody uh, within our member group had a slightly different definition of what they meant by cyber risk. And combined with the traditional information technology risk, it was a, an opportunity to try and come up with an industry standard definition that everybody would agree and work to. It was also interesting to explore where cyber risk sat in their risk taxonomy. Was it a true risk or was it a cause that sat across multiple other risks? Or was it a driver? Was it a theme? So all of those differences in views, differences in approaches were explored and we produced a paper on the back of that which provided a bit more direction of where the consensus lie. 
We also completed a study on roles and responsibilities, and this was exploring the challenges around first and second line roles. Again, just where there was duplication, where there was overlap in activities, where did the community actually see the roles should be sat? And in particular, the role of the CISO, the Chief Information Security Officer, there was a real challenge as to whether that role should sit in the first line and could it sit in the first line and maintain its impartiality. We then rolled out a piece of work looking at controls and indicators. So Steve referenced the need to improve people's control environments. The controls and indicators library is based on an external framework called NIST. And what this does is it allows people to tell us how their controls are operating. In return, they get back an individual benchmark, which shows them how their control environment actually compares to their peers. So they can see where there's outliers or where they're in the pack. We also, towards the end of last year, produced a paper on cyber board reporting, which really looked at some of the challenges which were born out from the initial discussions as well. How do you actually get a meaningful message through to the board that results in tangible actions? For the last six months of last year, we worked with a small advisory panel. And this panel helped us develop what the new service would look like in respect of cyber event data sharing. And just to be clear, this isn't threat intelligence and it's, it's not the information that you see out in the public domain. It's looking at events when they've happened, what happened, which controls failed, what were the impacts, so both financial and non-financial impacts. And that ultimately led to us to be able to launch the permanent service. Great. So the permanent service is here. ORX Cyber launched in January this year. What are the first activities that ORX has planned? Really, the, the first thing is to get the community connected to allow them to share their experiences and to collaborate with their peers. It's providing a neutral platform for them to openly discuss and develop their practices and standards. The members drive the agenda, so it's very much looking at what they will get value from. They present ideas and solutions and across the global community will work together to try and get consensus. To date, we have 24 members who have signed up to the paid service. And over the next couple of months, we expect to see many more members join. As a reference, we, we had a first service meeting last week and it was very topical as we saw at the beginning of the year, the solar winds attack, which impacted in the US. It actually impacted globally and it gave our members the opportunity to talk about how they managed to respond to that particular event. We've also set the ball rolling to start the collection of the exchange of cyber event data. So as I said, this is really looking at providing the members with an opportunity to understand what happened in an event, what the both the financial and non-financial impacts were. It's an opportunity for them to learn from each other, look at the costs involved in such events, and also that we expect this will support other risk management practices such as scenario analysis within their organisations. Ultimately, it provides an opportunity for peer benchmarking to better understand their actual exposures and how best to respond to these type of events. 
The success of the controls and indicators library, which I, I mentioned we rolled out last year, will continue this year as well. This forms part of the new service. And again, we're working with the members to look at what improvements they want delivered, what additional insight and analysis they want us to deliver through that process. The other element of the service is research. So I've provided details of research that we completed during 2019 and 2020. 2021 will continue to do some deep dive research. Again, the topics to be agreed by the members. What, what we're really seeing is that the sharing of, of information and events across the community will enable them to really, for the first time, gain an anonymous view of the types of events that they're uh, peers are suffering, quantity of events, the, the control failures that, that are taking place, and really get a good understanding of, of what that looks like. At the moment, they really only see that internally, and it's very difficult for them to, to benchmark, are they being targeted more? Are their controls weaker? Um, are they suffering the same types of events? So I, I think that's really important. Uh, I know a number of the, the sort of banks and insurers that we talk to um, and of subscribing to this service are also interested in looking at that data in terms of understanding the next threat. So what may have happened to your peer may be the next thing that's likely to happen to you. So that information and that data is going to provide multiple solutions to those types of challenges that they're facing. And then really looking at that, that second challenge, that need to constantly improve and enhance what they're doing and the pressures that they get from, from their boards, etc. Both having a view of the sort of peer experience in terms of, of cyber events, as well as understanding the practices that their peers operate, what is best practice, what is evolving practice, will help them to improve their own risk and control environment, as well as being able to go and speak to their executive and, and, and board level directors and, and talk about how they compare to the rest of the industry. And that's something that I think our, our our wider services have benefited from for, for a long time. It's something we hear very regularly that when you're going to speak to senior committees and senior members of your organization to be able to talk about how you compare to your peers, what are the developing practices, how are you going to evolve your, your own practices, give significant credibility to your own efforts. And I think that, that's one of the real benefits of the sort of ORX services and, and, and platform, if you like, that, that we think can, can really be brought to, to this community. Let's go on to the final question then. Slightly subjective this. Both of you, what do you think will be the most interesting thing that you are going to be working on in ORX Cyber in 2021? I'll take that first. So for me, it's really building that second line community and being able to facilitate the topical discussions with the members. It's providing that platform to allow them to freely share their experiences and challenges. It's also a real opportunity to connect with some of the other ORX activities. So scenarios, news, operational resilience all have a, a connectivity to cyber risk. So it's an opportunity really for, for us to help shape the use of the other services within ORX. And I guess finally, the, the real deep dive bit is using the data, using that exchange of data to provide the deep analysis of the, the what, why, how, who and when 
related to a cyber event. And I know from our members' conversations, they can't wait to get their hands on that data. Completely agree. I think that building that community aspect is is something that I'm I'm really looking forward to this year and I think is going to be a unique opportunity for the, for those that have joined the service. I'd add in a, a couple of other areas that, that I think will be interesting. I think as as we begin to to collect and share this data, we're we're not really aware that that anybody else globally is collecting and sharing a similar data set. Multiple regulators ask for versions of this in different forms. And one of the things that our, the banks and insurers that sub- subscribe to the service have asked us to do is to really start to exercise an influence globally in terms of cyber risk management. So uh, we've already begun talking to, to regulators about what we're doing. And, and I think there's a real desire that over time we can try and bring some alignment to the way that people are thinking about collecting and sharing this, this type of, of information. So there's that aspect of beginning to shape some global standards, which is Something we've done um, in the past, particularly with uh, operational risk loss data, and I think something we're keen to try and look to do with with cyber risk data. The other area for me, and something that keeps coming up with with the individuals at, at the subscribers that we are are talking to, is this desire to understand their cyber risk exposure better. So understanding how they should calculate it, how they should think about it. How are their peers doing that? And really looking to try and enhance that, that view of what is their level of risk exposure? How does that compare to, to the industry? I think that's going to be a, a really interesting um, area. I think it's something we'll start in 2021. It's it's a big problem. We're not going to finish solving it this year. But I think it's something we're, I'm really looking forward to getting our, our teeth into as our, our, our subscribers, I believe. So, Steve, ORX Cyber... How do people get involved? How do organisations get involved? All of the sort of financial services firms out there can can absolutely get involved with the service. It's it's not unique to our membership. So we are open to both members and non-members from the financial services industry joining in and getting involved. Um, the sort of only prerequisite that we have is that you are willing to get involved and, and share your information, etc. And if people are interested in the service, there's more information on our, our website, www.orx.org. Steve, don't forget to also mention that we have our special introductory offer for cyber for 2021. That's right, Melanie. And, and, and as I say, if, you, if you're really interested in getting involved, then please, please get in touch and, and we'll go from there. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Melanie. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. ORX Cyber is open to members and non-members of ORX. And to hear more about that introductory offer that Steve mentioned, go to www.orx.org. Thank you for joining us.